Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. So I I just literally, in the setting up of our equipment to record this, thought of a drag name that just is so fully appropriate for what we're talking about today. Great. And the drag name is Lauren Legend. Oh, wow. That is really, really good. This is a place for legends. (laughs) (laughs) There is that quote from, oh, it's Gia Gunn. Right. In um, when she was on All Stars Mm -hmm. Drag Race, where she goes, this is a place for legends, and someone memed it and was like, when you're talking about the bottom corner of a map, Mm -hmm. this is a place for legends. Lauren Legends, wow, Lauren Legend, like lore and legend and legend, Mm -hmm. right? I feel like you could pluralize her last name, Lauren Legends. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could, yeah. Yeah. I guess you could, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I just was like, she's good. I kind of love that. She's she seems like she's a glamorous queen. Yeah, and has some darkness to her. (laughs) Right. She might be a Dungeons and Dragons queen. Oh yeah. I feel like she also wears bad wigs, like on Game of Thrones. No, Lauren Legends (laughs) wears exquisite wigs. Right. She improves upon what Game of Thrones. Mm left below the bar for the record let let the record show that i don't care but dusty refuses to watch game of thrones because i cannot watch shows with bad wicks yeah no no lauren here's the thing like Catherine o'hara on schitt's creek like we know what her wick situation is right we're not trying to pass off those things as real hair they are wicks Mm -hmm. but when you are trying to pass off bad wigs as real hair I'm just so sorry. You're not fooling anybody. That hairline is still discoverable across the screen. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> but not for Lauren Legends. She no, no, has, no. And I think she has wig reveals. I'm sure that she look does. better and better each time. Exactly. Like she gets more and more fierce mm-hmm. every time. Anyway. Until it's just a bald cap. Listen she's... to this, uh, <laughs> you know, bonus drag corner you get at the top of this trail mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. What a surprise. 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 Mm-hmm. 
Hello and welcome to Trail Mix here at Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dusty. Trail Mix is the short form episodes here at the show. And it lets us dive a little deeper into topics we didn't get to cover in our long format episodes. Now we have talked quite a bit about today's trail mix subject, but I'm so glad we get to spend some more time to chat about it today. And that topic is petroglyphs. So we've seen some petroglyphs before. Right. Okay. So where have we seen petroglyphs before? So we've seen petroglyphs at Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. Mm -hmm. We've seen petroglyphs at... um, uh, Mesa Verde. I, Mesa Verde. Mm-hmm. I think we saw a few in arches, like on the way up to Delicate Arch. I think there were some. Okay. I, things. Oh, you're right. There were yeah. off to the left. You have that left, jet off trail. Small, tiny. Yeah. I mean, not a lot. Not right a there, lot. But there were but some. But they were there. Yeah, you're right. Uh, there were some in Capitol Reef that we didn't see. Right. We did miss those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there were also some in, in Petrified Forest. In Painted Desert. It was in the Painted Desert, I think. Oh, no, I guess it was Petrified Forest at that well, point. Well, I mean, yeah. they're essentially the same place. Sort of, yeah, yeah. But I don't think we've seen them really anywhere else. Right. Mostly southwestern kind of Mostly parks. in the southwest. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I love seeing them. I oh. love seeing them. I yeah. love, like, being able to look up close. You know, you, as you, close as possible. Sometimes, like, they're far away and you have to look from a distance. That's okay. Right. Yeah. The closest, I guess, we were was in Hawaii Volcanoes. Or even, I think, Mesa Verde. Oh, Those and were Mesa really Verde, close. certainly. That panel was super yeah. close. Yeah. Yeah. And for the most part, I feel like a lot of the times they are, depending on how the park has formatted itself, sort of like the roadside attraction a lot of the times where it's not like a an awfully far distance to necessarily get to see them. Right. You know, like um, Petrified Forest. And I'm also thinking of um, Capital Reef. Capital Reef. Yeah. Thank you. Where you could just park the car, get out and do like a boardwalk trail sort of, of which was like light. But, you know, then in Arches, you do have to hike a decent amount. You know, it's before you get to like the heavy lifting of Delicate Arch, but you do have to hike out a bit before you get to those Petrified Yeah, that's true. And also, I would say the same is the case for the Puloa Trail in Hawaii Volcanoes. You definitely that have is like to walk the destination. Yeah, yeah, that is a hike. It is. It's like a mile to get out there. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. if not the, a little more. I think it's maybe a, a mile more. and a half. I think it was the last hike at the end of the day for us, so we did we were dead. Remembering it, even though it was the last hike at the end of the day, it didn't feel arduously long. No, no, no. It's always so fascinating to see them because there are such differences when it comes to them, but also very much so similarities too. I feel like figures are usually a mainstay. Animals sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, Shapes. Shapes and symbols. Perhaps some of those small circles, like we saw, I'm forgetting, they're like cupules, I think is what they were called. Yes, they're like a circle with a dot in the center. Right, but those were like bored out into the rock when we were in yep. Hawaii Volcanoes. Yeah. Those are kind of like your constant sort of sites that you see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that is like, that really was like a standout like symbol when we saw petroglyphs. I feel like those things are kind of like commonplace. Yes, um, definitely animals mm-hmm. heading in a specific direction. Mm-hmm. If you are someone that studies art history and you've studied cave painting before, there's a lot of similarities between cave painting and there petroglyphs are a lot of similarities, even though they're not the same of, thing. Based off of what is depicted. 
and right. potentially what their use was for as kind of like either to record or either to be as some sort of ritual pre a hunt or, you know, or pre communication. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see those parallels. Great. So let's find out some more. Let's start with what are petroglyphs? As defined by the NPS, petroglyphs are rock carvings using a stone chisel and a hammerstone to chip off the outer layer of rock, exposing the lighter colored rock underneath, creating a petroglyph. They were created by indigenous people hundreds and sometimes thousands of years ago. Petroglyphs are not considered rock paintings. Those go by another name, and that is pictograph. And why petroglyphs are often called rock art, they were not created exclusively for art. They were also created for communication and preservation and are cultural symbols that reflect the societies and religions of the surrounding indigenous tribe. As per the MPS, quote, today's native people have stated that the placement of each petroglyph image was not a casual or random decision. Some petroglyphs have meanings that are only known to the individuals who made them, Others represent tribal, clan, kiva, or society markers. Some are religious entities, and others show who came to the area and where they went. Petroglyphs still have contemporary meaning, while the meaning of others is no longer known, but are respected for belonging to those who came before, end quote. There are many places to see petroglyphs across the land, also known as North America, and with the lands managed by the National Park Service. One of those places is Petroglyph National Monument. In an article, Eight Spots in the United States, where you can see petroglyphs by Jennifer Billick, published in Smithsonian Magazine, park ranger Susanna Villanueva says... Quote, we look at these images and symbols from people who traveled through the Rio Grande Valley hundreds and even thousands of years ago, yet they seem so distant that it is easy to think that they don't matter. But when you hike along the trail and stand in front of a boulder with petroglyphs, you realize that this used to be their world, and it was just as alive to them as ours is to us. The ancestors graciously reached out to us across centuries through these petroglyphs to remind us that they do matter and that they are still connected to this world, to this landscape, and to us for eternity, end quote. And while it may seem that petroglyphs are typically found in the western part of the United States, they can be found in over half of the states in America, so one does not have to travel too far to see them. Let's talk about some places to see petroglyphs. At the top of the list is Petroglyph National Monument, located in Albuquerque, New Mexico. This national monument preserves one of the largest collections of petroglyphs in North America, with petroglyphs dating back from 400 to 700 years old and were carved into volcanic rock. There are many hiking trails presenting many opportunities to see petroglyphs here. As of November of 2020, we have not yet visited Petroglyph National Monument, but we look forward to being able to soon. Some other spots to see petroglyphs that we have visited include Capitol Reef National Park, which features petroglyphs from the Fremont and ancestral Puebloan people. While the area also known as Arches National Park was home to the ancestral Puebloan people, it was on the northern edge of their territory and only few dwellings have been found there. The petroglyph panels near Wolf Ranch and Arches are thought to be that of the Ute and Paiute Shoshonean people who moved into the area as the Puebloan people were leaving because the images in the petroglyphs 
future people on horseback. And they were the ones, the Ute and the Paiute people, who ended up interacting with white European colonizers. In Mesa Verde, the petroglyphs located on the Petroglyph Point Trail that we hiked in episode 46, according to a Hopi elder, perhaps depict and preserve the stories of the Mountain Sheep Clan and the Eagle Clan. These, like many petroglyphs, preserve the oral histories of these tribes. In Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, Puuloa, translated to mean Hill of Long Life, is sacred to the people of Hawaii, especially the Kalapana people, especially the Kalapana people. It is a place containing over 23,000 petroglyphs. We hiked to the site in Season 2, Episode 26. They are located on the southernmost flank of the Kilauea volcano and date back to between 1200 and 1450 ACE. In the Petrified Forest National Park, the archaeological site called Newspaper Rock features over 650 petroglyphs that were drawn by ancestral Puebloan people between 650 and 2000 years ago. According to the NPS, archaeologists say that since there were so many writers that it's hard to read, much like a newspaper, and it no longer contains a single linear story. But it does contain migratory routes, territory boundaries, family symbols, and calendar events. This is also where we saw, like we mentioned in our Petrified Forest episode, the petroglyph containing the story of the arrow to the sun, which is a piece of mythology from the Pueblo and people. While we did visit the Grand Canyon, we did not see the petroglyphs that are preserved there. They are preserved in Nampaweep, which means Foot Canyon in Paiute, and were created by the indigenous tribes that once lived in the area of land, also known as Parashant National Monument. Other places to see petroglyphs within the national park system include Olympic National Park in Washington State, Canyonlands National Park in Utah, literally across the road from Arches, mm-hmm. and Alabates Flint Quarries, Keiko Culture National Historic Park, and El Moro National Monument, all three of which are located in New Mexico. There's also Dinosaur National Monument in Colorado, Lava Beds National Monument in California, Organ Pipe Cactus National Monument in Arizona, Nez Perce National Historic Park in Idaho, and the U.S. Virgin Islands, which feature petroglyphs by the Taino tribe. For those in the Midwest, here are a few places not managed by the MPS where you can see petroglyphs. They include Jeffers Petroglyphs in Comfrey, Minnesota, Rochea Cree State Park in Friendship, Wisconsin, Sanilic Petroglyphs Historic State Park in Cass City, Michigan. For those in the Northeast, you can see petroglyphs at the Dighton Rock State Park in Berkeley, Massachusetts. And for those in the South, you can see petroglyphs at Judicola Rock in North Carolina, which features carvings from the Cherokee people. So speaking of this rock in North Carolina, Mm -hmm. there is debate over what the images on that rock mean. But Cherokee elders believe that it tells the story of this character that is a giant called Tsukalu, okay, who took a young Cherokee woman as his wife, and then he takes her with him to the spiritual world. Okay. But her mother and brother want her back, so they sleep outside of the cave, which is the entrance to the spiritual world, the spirit world, and they have to... fast for seven days before they can enter. But the brother broke his fast after six days. And then Sukalu re-entered the physical world 
through this rock and punish the brother. And then by the end of the story, what ended up happening was in order to uh, make a pact with this giant, the woman said, I will stay with you as long as all of the Cherokee people upon death can enter the spirit world. And so, yeah, that's a piece of lore and legend for you there. (laughs) Lore and legend. Interesting. It has a little bit of, um, reminds me a little bit of the myth of Persephone. Perse- totally. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Persephone like, and Demeter, it's very evocative yeah. of that yes, story. Yes, very much so. Of Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. In 2013, archaeologists discovered the oldest petroglyphs in North America thus far in Reno, Nevada. And they date back to 10,000 to 15,000 years ago. And this is exciting because archaeologists know that the first people to live in the continent of North America arrived around 14,000 years ago. But there is so little fossil evidence for those first people. And they feel that these petroglyphs are connected to those first people. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So I'm excited to see what they further discover yeah. there. Yeah, yeah things to remember about petroglyphs don't touch them right because the oils in our hands can ruin things they ruin things all the time right like our democracy (laughs) (laughs) i was waiting for you to like get sad and go there Mm -hmm. well well i can always i can always depend on you for that (laughs) Um, these are some of the only physical artifacts that we have left of uh so many people who've come before us so not touching them is requirement. Yes. Um, and not only is it a physical artifact of the people of this time, it's a language. It is their language of this time, and it tells their stories, um, and it records their history. So it's incredibly important that we do not touch it and ruin it because of the historical significance and because people in the future should have the same opportunity to see yes. this transmission from the past that's right if we get rid of that now like then the people who come after us will never have access to that exactly i feel like our role in interacting with petroglyphs is to see them to appreciate them to learn as much as possible do the tour understand their significance understand what they could be communicating or what people think they might be communicating Right. And always know where you're standing as far as the people who came before you, the people who are still with us, and what area of land that is on. Mm -hmm. So let's end this trail mix with a game. Great. All right, Mike, are you ready for this game? I guess so. Okay. It's called Lore and Legends. (laughs) Lore and Legends. See how you went for a circle? This game, I took the word archaeology and I made a whole bunch of other words. Great. And so you have to guess the word that I have created. I love that journey for me. Got it. Great. Fill in the blank. Great. Love in the time of? Cholera. Correct. Which is a great book, by the way. Yes. Next one. This is a verb for gathering a whole bunch of people together or a whole bunch of horses together or a whole bunch of animals together into one place. Pen? No. Um, corral. Correct. What is corral? Yeah. That is correct. This is who you might go to in the ancient times for a vision of the future. Who is an oracle. That is correct. This is a pattern that I wore a lot as a teenager. In the spring of 2011. (laughs) But I no longer wear much of. But, um, also... 
is the pattern of Andy's skirt in The Devil Wears Prada in the scene with the blue sweater. What is Hounds? No. Hounds Tooth? No, no. No. No, 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 no. No, that's all. No, that's all. Um, oh, gosh. Has um, some diamonds involved. What Diamond is shaped. Argyle? Correct. <laughs> if I opened your spice cabinet and I was like, look, there is so many spices. It's like peppers and salts and spices. This word that is often celebratory. <laughs> celebratory in general or yeah, celebratory in general, about spice in general um <laughs> i could open a linen closet Definitely. and be like there's towels and sheets and i gave you dead pillowcases yes. right um what is um what is hooray <laughs> hooray is a word you could make out of archaeology but okay. it is not the word i'm looking for okay what is the uh, word is galore oh i don't know if that's celebratory this 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 galore i mean but that's not like a celebratory word oh girl it is galore oh galore (laughs) i mean i don't we don't say that i'm saying galore as like an excited energy of celebration anytime you you say that word tell me what galore energy is please galore That's galore energy. Thank you very much. And welcome to the stage, galore energy. This has been Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often. And that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. And to find out more about the parks we visit on this show visit our website, gazeatthenationalparks.com. That's gaze, G-A-Z-E. All original artwork featured on Instagram and on our website is by Michael Ryan. All original music is written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode, that we are on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Ocean County, New Jersey. 